Jennifer, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I am so incredibly excited to be doing this with you. I'm so excited that you're here. Okay, so I'm very excited to introduce you all to my new friend, Jennifer. We met just like maybe a month, a month and a half ago, maybe at a House of Jane networking event for women in the cannabis industry. Um, she's a bright light. She's so charismatic and wonderful. And the uh, organization that she co-founded and like basically devotes like 17 hours a day to getting off the ground, just, just the truth. It's entrepreneurial truth. This is what we do with yeah. my podcast. Um, Jennifer Axel, will you tell us about um, LEAF 411? Yeah, thank you so much for asking. I'm so excited to tell everybody about it. So LEAF 411 really is the service I wish that existed when I needed it the most. I'm a cannabis patient. I was in an awful car accident that left me dependent on 13 different pharmaceuticals just to function many of them opiates. It was not a quality of life. Well, it wasn't a life worth living. There were definitely some thoughts I had about that. And as a last resort, I turned to cannabis, thought this would be something great, went to my prescribing physician, and he turned me away. Said, I don't know anything. I don't want to know anything. It's federally illegal. And, you know, I consulted Dr. Google as everybody else who's like, oh, you know, let me just look into this. And it was frustrating. I didn't have anyone to help me on my cannabis journey. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and we can go into, you know, I basically was getting so stoned that I didn't care that I was in pain. Uh, it really wasn't until I started working with a medical professional who knew what they were talking about that I'm now 90% pain free. So it's not just I'm in pain, but I don't care, but it's taking me to this whole other level. And LEAF 411, again, is the service I wish I had existed when I needed it the most. So we operate the country's first free cannabis trained nurse hotline. So anyone from anywhere can call for free as often as necessary and speak to a cannabis trained nurse and get answers to your health related cannabis questions. I love that. So um, what kind of people and what kind of questions um, does the hotline service? Yeah, a wide variety. We really specialize in brand new consumers long before they're willing to walk into a dispensary, long before they, God forbid, buy hemp CBD on Amazon that they don't know anything about, whether or not there's even hemp, uh, CBD in there, um, that there is a resource to get the answers from somebody you can trust uh, to guide you to safe and effective cannabis use. So, um, but we, our questions span the gamut um, from somebody brand new who's never used it before, or maybe somebody who smoked weed back in the 70s they haven't really touched it and they're like this is a whole new ball game because it is uh and they don't know where to start to somebody like myself i've been a medical patient working under the care of a physician for years and because of covid my stress was up my ptsd flared up and all of a sudden the products i had been using successfully weren't working as well. And I needed to kind of overhaul what I was doing, look at other cannabinoids and delivery methods 
you know, treat where I was at. So it's whether you're just starting or you've been using it for a while, you're going to have questions. Cannabis is a journey. There's no one size fits all. And as our lives change and our situations change, our cannabis use should as well. And now there's somebody who can answer those questions for you. And if we can't answer your questions, we can guide you to other resources to get those answers that you're looking for. And I'm just not going to reiterate for the people who didn't hear or didn't catch it. This is free. Like you just call these nurses and because people care about what you're doing and fund your nonprofit, these nurses are able to make a living wage being on the phone with people like you who have questions about their use of cannabis. Like literally anybody from anywhere can call anonymously for free. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad you brought that part up about paying the nurses. Uh, we've started doing fundraising and so much of it was, oh, free access to medical professionals. And I actually had a medical professional reach out to us and say, I don't believe access should be free. And went down the path of, it wasn't the access part. They were afraid that we weren't paying our nurses. They said, I spent so much time and money getting going through medical school and getting all these certifications and becoming an expert, I want to be compensated for my expertise. And I don't blame them a bit. I completely agree. And that was my response. We agree. But they, we want, and that's part of why we became a nonprofit. We wanted to find a way to create jobs, paying jobs at livable wages, um, and still be able to provide free access to the healthcare professionals. So my business partner and I met working at a cannabis clinician's office in Colorado. And what we saw was a bunch of affluent people who could afford the 150 to $300 an hour um, coming in once, maybe twice, even then not getting all the care that they needed because it was just so expensive and I don't begrudge anyone making a living, but it was important that we create a service that was not just easily accessible. This is why we started with an 800 number, pick up the phone. You don't have to be a digital native or learn a new technology just to be able to access us. Just pick up the phone and call, but that it was affordable. Too many people in this country are not getting the care they need because it's just too expensive. <coughs> and we wanted to do something about that. And this is what we did in the cannabis space. And honestly, I hope other people in other parts of medicine take note and realize there's a better mousetrap, build a better mousetrap in ways to serve the community and create jobs. Absolutely. I love that. I love that so much. And also the philosophy behind like, yeah, of course, like your knowledge is valuable doctor who spent a lot of time going through the system to learn how to do what you yeah. do. When it used to be that like the people who delivered our medicine were people who like, you know, were spiritually aligned and, and that's true in many cultures still. And, um, and I think there's lots of different ways, but in the, in this time and this like age of Aquarius that's dawning, how we're like breaking out of, um, how things used to be and like kind of in an emerging paradigm, I think free access to healthcare, meaning freely available to people and like resource sharing from wealthy people, like donating to nonprofits. So more people can have access to healthcare because there's just far more people in this world who don't even make minimum wage, let alone like, and, and I mean, honestly, paying, paying 
a copay is out of people's realm of possibilities when they're paying city rent and like paying back for all of those degrees they got that didn't really pay off in the way they thought, right? Like there's just so much that gets in the way just of basic living necessities before people are even able to access healthcare. And cannabis is folk medicine. Cannabis is still so under-researched um, and under-known that we're really just emerging in it. And having people who like kind of understand it, who can walk you through using cannabis, like in this time where I think people who haven't yet smoked cannabis or haven't yet used cannabis for their mental health at this point what a time in this pandemic <laughs> to just start glowing up a little just like just your low tolerance and you're just ready for those low uh the, those low potency edibles that they sell at the legal dispensaries now like um i need a pandemic strength edible because i have a high tolerance but you know it's like everybody, you know, you just got this thing that you can bust open to and what a resource to like just have this hotline to be like, hey, it's my first time. I'm real depressed about the chaos going on in the world. What you yeah. got? For me? What, what yeah. should I go for? Yeah. <laughs> and you're not and I actually have to disagree with you on something with regards to I know you like that. Yeah. With regards to the research, there is actually a ton of research. There's more research on cannabis than any other plant. You go to PubMed, there's over 4,000 articles all wow. on research done. So not all of it comes out of America. Not all of it is human trials, but the idea that there's not enough research is just not true. And I hear that from other medical professionals outside of cannabis all the time. Oh, where's all the data to back that up? And it is there. And that's actually why we built our leaf library on our website. It's a searchable database where you can literally type in psoriasis or whatever you want, and it's going to pull up the research for you. So you don't even have to take our word for it. You can see the science for yourself. Now it's way over my head, most of it. Um, but if you want to have a nurse break that down with you, they will sit on the phone and break that down with you. And those are really powerful tools to take to your uh, non-cannabis physician. If you're interested and you want to talk to them, say, here's the science, because they're going to tell you there's just not enough science. Or like my doctor, it's federally illegal. I don't want to do anything with it. And that's one of the great things about our service is we can also arm you with the research and the questions to go back to your family, go back to your kids, your parents, your doctor, uh, and say, you know, when we're talking about potential pharmaceutical interactions. So maybe your doctor doesn't know anything about cannabis, but they sure better know about the P450 pathway. And we're going to tell you, tell your doctor, do any of my medications interact with the P450 pathway? And so we're helping provide the science and the vocabulary to have the conversations you want to have, but don't know how to go about it. Okay, Jennifer, you're blowing my mind. <laughs> uh, I love your willingness to agree with me, and also I just always uh, had been under the impression that because it's been illegal for so long, we haven't had the research we need to use it for healing as extensively as we could. But I love hearing that this is awesome. I love that, and I love that you're like, oh, and also by the way, let's just put the science on our website. Uh, how can people donate to you who feel like what you're doing is worthwhile and they want to contribute to? you know, maybe helping make some other people's lives a little easier. Yeah, uh, well, 
Thank you so much for asking. I mean, at the end of the day, we're a 501c3 nonprofit and we only exist through the donations of people who understand what we are trying to do and care enough about our mission to help us continue to grow. The more funding we have, the more nurses we can put on the pot on the hotline. I almost said the pot line. Ah! Pun. But yeah, more nurses on the hotline. And that means that many more people we can reach. And that is our ultimate goal as consumer advocates caring about safe use and harm reduction is let's reach as many people as possible. So there's multiple ways to support us. Please share our information, share the hotline number. We would love to talk to you, your neighbor, your neighbor's neighbor. We know everybody has questions and we wanna be that starting resource for everybody with their questions. But again, we can't do that without funding. So we can definitely talk about where the majority of our funding comes from, but we are so incredibly grateful for individual giving and we've made it as easy as possible to participate. Uh, there's donate buttons all over our website. Uh, it's a quick, easy um, online form. You can donate through PayPal. You can donate through Facebook. There's multiple ways. You want to donate, you know, cash, goods, in-kind. Um, my email information is on our donate page. Reach out to me. We can talk about something else. Um, if you've got a skill set that you think I would really love to support what these ladies are doing and I'm really great at say social media, uh, I'd love to talk to you as well because this really is a community service and we are grateful for people who care about what we're trying to do and want to help us do that. Wow, I love that. Um, okay, so Jennifer, let's dive into a little bit of your background. I want to um, talk about like were you, um, wait, I, ha I had good questions that I wrote down. So I actually look at what I rather than just start in on whatever I want to ask. Um, this is one of my favorite um, questions to ask folks is like, were you a different person when you were growing up, like meaning different from the crowd or did you like belong and you kind of like were like uh, just kind of running under the radar for a while? Yeah, uh, definitely different. I'd be very interested to hear how many of the people you interview say they kind of were in with the crowd. <laughs> I definitely felt different. And they were surprises to me, so. Really? Okay, yeah. I'm not surprised most people are like, oh yeah, I was different. I mean, who when they're young, especially in their teenage years, feels like they fully fit in and, you know, they, people understand them. Uh, I'm in a unique position being an identical twin um, and having somebody else, you know, especially at this age, having somebody to judge my aging process against. <laughs> but it, it was interesting being identical twins. Oh, I know, right? It's identical twins are a whole, that's a whole nother podcast we should be doing. We talk a lot about that. But it was interesting being in a place where we felt so different because people didn't understand the experience of me sharing a face with another human being. Um, and then being so similar to her, but also so different. And uh, I really struggled growing up being in my unique situation of sharing a face with someone that I'll, I wanted to do was be different. I, I wanted to be different. And so I was okay with being different, but it was all my peers who were like, oh, but you should be caring about this and you should be caring about that. And I just didn't get it because I wanted to be different. And I'm so grateful as an adult that I still value uh, being different. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think honestly, as an entrepreneur, being different is one of the biggest assets you have because mm. like, you can market all the live long day, but if you don't stand out like as your own self, because if you're truly being yourself, then there's no one else like you. Like yeah. there, I believe everyone is, there's uniquely in unique in infinite time and space, even identical twins because oh, yeah. you have different soul makeups and different um, intersecting journeys and things you're having to learn in this lifetime. So like everyone has their own thing. And when you're an entrepreneur, if you're different and you're able to really like lean into that, mm -hmm. it at least distinguishes you so that you mm -hmm. serve what you're meant to serve. And, yeah. you know, yeah. and I, I always think there's a little metaphysics in like all the things we do, of course. Um, yeah. Well, and I agree. And if you are somebody who is embracing your differences and you're passionate about that, that's ultimately what you're selling. That's what everybody's selling is your passion. And mm -hmm. if you're passionate about what makes you different, that's what people are going to catch on to. And that starts with how we feel about ourselves, right? Especially as a solopreneur or even in the situation I'm in, in a partnership. Um, it's our story. It's ourselves. Like I said, being a patient, it's who I am is what motivated me to be a part of this. And that is what we're selling. So ultimately we're selling ourselves and what we believe about ourselves in what we do. You're right. Oh my God. Yes, absolutely. Um, so tell me about your kind of like journey to starting a nonprofit cannabis hotline. Like where <laughs> your career, did you go to college? Did you go to college with your twin or was that like where you cleaved away from your twin? Uh, we cleaved a long time before that, um, just because, again, being an identical twin and sharing a face, we're actually very different. Uh, you tend to find with identical twins, they're either like connected at the hip and best friends and complete each other in some way, uh, or you have the other side where we were so similar but so different at the same time that we chose to forge our own paths almost out of necessity because we were trying to figure out who we were outside of each other. And I frankly think we're still trying to figure that out sometimes because <laughs> again, we share a face and you know, competition and comparison is a natural part of that. Um, but for me, it, I never saw myself doing this. I went to business school first and then I studied fashion because I really wanted to do what I thought was something much more creative. And I was very into fashion. I was like, oh yeah, this is going to be where it's at. And I learned very quickly, I can't draw or sew to save my life. <laughs> so um, I ended up getting my degree in fashion anyway, but it ended up me thinking, okay, well, what else can I do with what I'm passionate about? And my first business was a fashion styling company in San Francisco called Beyond Black. And I mean, <laughs> I'm wearing, all I wear is black now, but the whole point was helping people define their style and letting what they feel on the inside being represented on the outside as well and, and feeling like a whole person in that. And I realized how much creativity it takes to build a business. And I'm not just talking about the marketing side of things, but thinking here's what I'm passionate about and what are all the ways I can figure out to earn a living doing what I'm good at and passionate about. And so that really set my career on entrepreneurship. I was like, okay, I'm loving this. And to my credit, 
my father is an entrepreneur. My grandfather is an entrepreneur. Like it, this didn't come out of nowhere. I was raised with this idea that if you set your mind to something, uh, you can make that happen. So I'm grateful that was the model given to me, but you'll note it was the men in my life, not the women in my life. And I definitely started that trend in my lineage, uh, in my immediate family of the women being the ones saying, okay, this is what I'm passionate about and I'm going to go do this. So I never saw myself in cannabis, that's for sure. And I never saw myself starting a nonprofit that just was never on the radar. It was after my accident and how this plant changed my life. I actually started just educating my, I educated myself and then I took what I knew and I was educating others and people started asking me questions that I couldn't answer. And I very soon realized, okay, getting the word out is really important, but I don't think I'm the vehicle to be doing that. It needs to be somebody, like I said, the big difference for me was the medical professional who understood not just cannabis, but the other side of that story and could look at my cannabis use in a whole health perspective. That's definitely not something your bud tender is going to be doing. So, you know, I was looking who's educating and there's either medical professionals charging or there's free education, but they're not medical professionals. So we are the first ones to be combining these two. And even in this, we did not start out saying, let's be a nonprofit, because I was in the junior league for nine years, but that does not by any means qualify me to run a nonprofit. Yet here we are out of necessity, if not us, then who? And we just said, you know, we were originally going to charge by the minute and we were looking at the projections of what we can make because we knew people would pay. And we thought, oh, this is great. Like we're going to retire on this. We can sell it to a big company. And we had all these dreams. And then my business partner and I took a hard look at ourselves and we were like, okay, but you can afford 99 cents a minute. I can afford 99 cents a minute, but there are a lot of people that that still is out of their price range. And we never wanted it to be something where people were like, sorry, I've only got 20 minutes because this is going to cost me 20 bucks. That's all I've got. So let's try and pump as much information in there as possible. That's just not what we wanted to do. And we really wanted to provide a platform for the cannabis industry to be able to give back in a very deliberate way and say, I care enough about my consumer's safe use and effective use and harm reduction that they are financially supporting this platform to make that happen. And that's done very well as a nonprofit. When you are in the for-profit side of things and you are charging for services, there's a different level of expectation. And we never wanted to feel like we were or our callers feel like we were bought by, you know, somebody to say, oh, well, I paid you $5,000 to mention my product a hundred times. That's not the way this works. Uh, it is the industry philanthropically giving to make this possible and keep calls free. And again, first and foremost, we are consumer advocates. So Catherine and I are literally building the plane while flying it. We have had to learn how to become a nonprofit. And I, if that is encouragement to anyone, I'm, 
I'm not saying everybody should go start a nonprofit because this is the hardest business I have ever built by far. Um, being a nonprofit is definitely the harder way to go about this, but absolutely the right thing to do for what we were trying to accomplish. Um, but I would encourage anyone who has an idea and thinks, oh, but I don't have the qualifications to do that. I didn't go to school for this. I've never done that before to not necessarily let that stop you. Um, but, you know, entrepreneurial 101, if you don't figure out how to do the things you don't know, then you need to have the money to hire somebody to do the things you don't know. So there's kind of a two-prong approach at that. And I have become very good at figuring out how to do what I don't know how to do out of necessity, because especially, you know, your first solopreneur, my first businesses, I didn't have a bunch of money. I had to learn how to do two-sided accounting and, you know, some of the stuff that you don't think about when you go into business. Oh, it was awful, but I'm so grateful. I know how to do that now. And the skill set I come with, so much of it was self-taught because I had to learn how to do these things to run a successful business. So I encourage anybody who's thinking about it to not let the fact that they don't have credentials behind their name uh, to be a reason that stops them from trying. Oh my God, absolutely. I can't emphasize enough, you need no degrees to get your life. Like I got a whole law degree and I can tell you, I, I'm glad for the life I've lived, but like, I mean, does that Juris doctor do anything but give me permission to give people prescriptions for how to fix their life? Because that's the only doctor I have, right? Like, I just, you know, then went about the process of working on myself and figuring out what I needed to heal. And like, often what you're meant to bring to the world is something related to what you most have to heal. Like, we teach what we most need to learn frequently, right? Like, you were a patient. And now you're creating a resource for patients. Like there's a lot to our personal story that like in our personal healing and our uplift that brings forth that thing that's your purpose in life. Um, I really think like we're in a whole different economy at this point. We had an industrial age um, where people were working in factories. We had an agricultural age before that where people were obviously like farming and living off the land, but they were also apprenticing trades. They were mostly self-employed. That was most of our economy was self-employment. And then we got into this industrial age where all the factory owners and things like that set up our democracy, set up being billionaires, got all of their like tax cuts and things like that. And now the billionaires and the factory owners don't pay taxes and like regular folks, especially like self-employed folks are paying taxes. And it's just like, it's a weird thing that's happened. But now that we have the information age and we have access to making our own web, like you just need a website and a way for people to contact you. And then you figure it out. You figure out what people need. You innovate to that. Like don't, you don't need a bunch of stuff. I've, I can tell you this just from experience. Don't do a bunch of stuff. Don't monetize all your hobbies. Do the one thing that you feel like is your call, work on it and then figure out like, it took me many tries to get to what now I think is the thing I do. And, and by the thing I do, it's also the life I lead. Cause I think it's both like entrepreneurialism is very much a 24 seven gig. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You have to rest, but you have to actually schedule out your rest and follow through and, and meet your, your, uh, I guess like setting up a time with yourself where you like take the hike or you do the rest or you do the self care or the yoga or whatever you're setting aside time for, but being intentional about following through. So you're a person of your word to yourself first and foremost. So yeah. many get caught up in responsibilities to other people yeah. and not yeah. to our own healing and our yeah. own purpose in the world. And yeah. guilty. 
Yeah. We spoke about this at length. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. for it I've just had to learn how to not be that way and like and it means my because my business is on the totally self-funded plan I call it bra strap capital because it's just (laughs) and making whatever's gonna happen that day happen and like and accepting that it's gonna be much slower than people who go out to get venture capital and yeah oh yeah yeah well and even to that point um what you're saying is absolutely true. I would add, find what you are most passionate about because it's going to be your passion for what you do and who you do it for that keeps you going when you've worked for free for a year to get your business going. And, you know, I'm still making less than minimum wage, but it's about doing what I love and who I'm doing it for. And if passion paid bills, I'd never have to fundraise ever again, but it doesn't. So that passion still though keeps me going uh, when times get tough because inevitably it's going to. Success is not this straight upward trajectory. It's a lot of setbacks and switchbacks and you're going, but hopefully you're still moving in an upward trajectory and having a really strong support system. I mean, I was in the women in plant medicine event that House and Jane did yesterday. It was amazing, but definitely in some of the different sessions in the networking rooms, I kept hearing these women say, especially now with COVID, I'm lonely. I'm just feeling like I'm lost. And didn't have is losing community. I mean, it's hard as adults. You have to be very intentional about building community and maintaining that. And that's that much harder to do now when everybody is feeling so isolated at home because we're stuck there. And it's important to have a support system to keep you going so you aren't feeling isolated and lonely. And this is the first partnership I've been in in this format. And while it presents its own challenges, um, and it's not just me unilaterally saying, well, I'm the, I'm the boss, so I get to do whatever I want. But when times get tough, again, because they will, she and I always have each other to land back on and say, oh, talk me off the ledge. I'm struggling right now. And to know she's right there with me, man, that is so helpful. That's, that is nice. It is a very lonely journey to be an entrepreneur. Um, And you know, also if you like your own company, you'll never be alone, but um, (laughs) dogs and cats help too. Yeah, absolutely. And like the support system thing, here's what your support system only exists. If you keep showing up, you got to like, like I've been doing a lot of fun community things because everything's on zoom now. So like, you know, and, and some of it's healing based like yoga. Some of it is like, you know, like the house of Jane networking events are so much fun. Um, I love the tokativity, like Seattle party. Like there's lots of chapter parties, but it's the one near me. So I just do that one. And um, I mean, quote near me, right? Like Seattle's three hours away, but it's like closest to me from all their worldly things. So I I just want to be there for people. And there's something in the consistency of showing up. People feel like, um, I don't know, you just kind of shoulder each other's burdens a little bit and like, you know, and then the, and, and, and also a more intentional thing is I would say like anytime I've been on the entrepreneurial journey while also being coached and having someone Mm -hmm. who is helping me 
hold a vision of the next level of myself and strategize about how to get there. Because even though the success journey has a lot of switchbacks, it's also uphill the whole way. Somehow, even though you're sometimes sliding backwards, you're still going uphill the whole way. It's just a, yeah. it's a struggle. There's a suck part of success. And like that, but you have to have someone keep you going and hold belief in you and tell you that they're proud of you. And like anytime I've done it without coaching, it's been a lot harder than when I do it with coaching. And I make many more strides forward faster. I don't know. It's like, that's just a random plug for coaching and entrepreneurialism. I know. I'm like, I need a coach. What's her name? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Catherine and I talk about this all the time. It's lonely at the top as well. Even when there are other people in your organization or your business with you, I don't have anybody to fall back on above me that has done this before. Then I'm like, okay, what's the next step? We have to figure it out or find somebody who can help us get there. So yeah, I wish I had a coach. Uh, so I love that you do that and that you're plugging that. I, I need some of that in my life. Yeah. It also just helps normalize your struggle. Cause like yeah. we want to think that we're all, I don't know what double form accounting is by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I you're not missing anything but like I'm like I can barely do my bookkeeping on a spreadsheet I don't know what that means uh, but you know I'm doing the best I can right uh, so Jennifer will you tell me like advice that you would give to your 20 year old self oh goodness I mean where do I begin how long is this <laughs> um I mean for me, I know we talked a little bit about it before this, and this isn't going to resonate with everybody, but for me, um, growing up, I had to learn to become very self-sufficient and be my own best cheerleader and really motivate from within, which has served me very well as an adult, but it is now me learning how to ask for help and not having to feel like I have to know how to do it all, that it is okay to ask for help. And that, that is not a sign of weakness. It actually requires a lot of strength and humility to say, I can't do it all. And I need help from somebody who's better at this than me. And so my advice to my 20 something year old self, um, is to one, stop hurting so much, <laughs> but two, um, to be okay with asking for help, um, and that that isn't a sign of weakness, uh, and the strength involved in that. And I think there's a lot of things I would have done differently if I had known how to ask for help. But on the other hand, I'm in such an amazing opportunity with my experience. I mean, I never would wish a car accident like that to happen on anyone, let alone choose to go through that again but I would not be doing what I'm doing and leave 411 would not exist the way it does had those things not happened. So I say the caveat of info to my 20 something year old self, um, in a bit, you know, just as an aside that I still wouldn't change what happened because I'm here where I'm at in the space of life for a reason. And all of those things I believe good and bad in my past played a role in getting me here. 100%. Again, reference what I said about law school. Um, and, <laughs> but you know, what's interesting is I will say just a counterpoint. See, this is like we were spicy earlier about disagreeing about research, although I concede to your point. Um, <laughs> I, I want to tell my 20 something yourself, enjoy the fuck out of your partying. Enjoy everything. Oh. 
because 2020 will come and there will be no parties. And also, um, and you will stop drinking eventually. It will no longer serve your body. So like, enjoy it. Enjoy all the, all the blacking out you're going to do because you're <laughs> going to it. Enjoy the experience. Enjoy your parties and start showing up early, earlier than you usually do. Show up early, meet the people there and get over your fear of people way earlier in yeah. life. It's like, when, it's, eventually when I started throwing parties, I realized I was spending lots of money for an hour or two that people weren't even there for, um, mm. for a great DJ. And then when I, when I was going to parties after realizing that I was like, oh, I'm going to go for the early hours while the dance floor is clear and I can just dance and talk to my friends and like, cause the best relationship forming happens at the early part of the party, I think. Oh, I agree. I'm actually annoyingly on time, if not early, for just about everything within my control. Um, and I like being one of the first people to enter a room because that means I get to talk to uh, whoever's hosting the event. And if it's something where, you know, it's like a work setting, it's an opportunity to get some one-on-one -on -one with the organizers that maybe, you know, when there's 50 people in the room, I'm never going to get an opportunity to talk to them because they're trying to talk to all 50 people. And I have definitely benefited multiple times from being one of the first to show up and talking to the people who are there in a small space before it blows up into the big whole shebang. Totally. Show up early and stay late. Often like hanging out with you want to like meet or connect with like making sure that you're around not in a creepy way but in a way where like you're gonna hear the wisdom or nuggets that they share and like um yeah I, I also employ this on zoom too I tend to hang out till the end of the actual meeting because sometimes you just get get a little extra you never know I mean depending on which kind of meeting you're in I don't know I don't really do it for yoga class um <laughs> <laughs> but um anyway Jennifer Okay, leaf411.org, mm -hmm. people find you. You're also leaf411 on Instagram. You're on Facebook too? Yeah, it's leaf411.org is our handle for Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're on Pinterest. We're on LinkedIn. We create a lot of original content. So we're talking about uh, ratios of cannabinoids for pain and we're giving out a lot of really valuable nuggets of information so if you're not somebody who's comfortable talking on the phone there's a wealth of information on our website and then we're sharing that to our social media platforms so there's a way to stay in touch we've got a great newsletter that talks about interesting things coming up, share some new insights, and also shares our blog content. So uh, you can sign up for that if you're more like, just bring it to me. Um, but let me give a shout out to the phone number as well. So if you are interested in calling, uh, we are available Mondays through Fridays and Saturdays and Sundays by appointment. The number is 1-844-LEAF-411. And that is 844-5323-411. Yay. Um, Until I've said that a million times. <laughs> I got that number down. Silky smooth. You're enunciating. I hear it. I hear it. <laughs> um, Jennifer, you are a true delight. I'm so excited that we're friends. Like, I feel like more pleased. Like, I'm yes. excited to continue uh, to pick your brain and connect and also um, potentially do nature documentary uh, narration yes. with you and Jamie. Yes. Yes. <laughs> 
please. I'm so excited. And I'm just such a firm believer. I mean, in the cannabis industry, especially, but this world is just as much who you know, as it is what you know. And if there was any advice I could give to somebody interested in really building their career, network, 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 because that's how you're going to find the people with those skill sets you need, the people with that passion doing something similar to you where you can partner together to affect positive change, you know, en masse. And so I just love being connected with you. And I feel like you and I could link arms and do just about anything we wanted and succeed because we would be building each other up in that. And you're just such a force for good. And I am so excited to know you. Oh, same, Jennifer. Thanks for saying that. And also just to piggyback on networking, I, the thing that really set me free about networking, and I want to say I didn't even hear this till I was like 39 or 40, was that networking is just making friends. It's, and, and you've been doing it your whole life. And you don't realize that when you walk into like a networking event or do a networking thing, it's just making friends. It's just like before. And uh, what's fun about the, the House of Jane Speed networking is it's in a chat room. So it's very easy to just boom, there you are with somebody. You don't have to small talk. You have five minutes. So you got to get right yeah. into it. So it's really kind of a cool way to do that. And if you're interested in that, um, it's Tokativity um, is the platform and House of Jane Speed Networking is the event. It's like a monthly, maybe the second Tuesday or Wednesday. So it's Tokativity and Women Empowered in Cannabis. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's their joint, uh, their collaborative event. Uh, and they are hands down my favorite networking events in the cannabis industry. It's so good. And just everyone I've met has been rad. But like, you know, like sometimes you just like really vibe and you're like, ooh, this person. Uh, you know what I mean? And so it's just been, and honestly, networking is just how can you add value to other people? Because yeah. like, that's, and it's just being in the abundance flow and just knowing that like, maybe even you're just a conduit to get them to this other person, you know, you never know, like it's, you're always being worked through in mysterious ways. And so, yeah. like, and life is really about relationships and like, um, and, and it's not just about like, that's what gets you ahead. It's like, that's, what's the most important and meaningful thing. If you look yes. at what say before they die it's always the people they loved it's preach all sister yes yes so you might as well find some babes and who are bossing up like you and cheer them on and sharing each other's success and um sharing each other's like falls on the face because success looks like failure like 90 percent of the time uh, oh, yes it does you know mistakes are the tuition you pay for being an entrepreneur uh so you don't that. need to start you're just going to make mistakes until you get to where you want to go and then you're never you're always going to keep adding more to your dreams that's how life works you need to write a boss babe like daily check-in quote book because you have some of the most amazing nuggets of insight that you are able to say so concisely and eloquently that I'm like, I just want to write everything down. I have sticky notes all on my window here. And I've written a couple of things you said down there so that I'm looking at it. I'm like, you just have a great ability to do that. Thank you. I appreciate that. I also appreciate that in other people. So I love that, um, that you like that too. Um, okay. So we're really going to end this. Um, I love you so much, Jennifer. You're so great. Um, oh, anyone out there who's watching or listening to this, I just want, you know, you're worthy of love exactly as you are. There's nothing you need to change about yourself to be worthy. 
you are here on purpose. You are alive in 2020 for a reason. You're part of how we are developing our, the world of our dreams and opening up the world of our dreams and not paying attention to the dying paradigm. And if you've been healed by cannabis, I hope, uh, and you have means, I hope you'll feel moved to throw a couple bucks and pay it forward. Um, so folks can heal with cannabis with leaf 411. Um, but also like you're amazing. Thanks for showing up and thanks for, for being in the world and we love you. Bye everybody. Bye.